This is David Wheaton. The following is a TCW short take, a bite-sized highlight from the Christian Worldview radio program. You can hear the full program at thechristianworldview.org. How did the Puritans, and how should we, understand this doctrine of God's unconditional election of those who will be saved, that he has determined who will be saved? You know, based on many passages in Scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, just as God chose us believers in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ himself. Romans 8 verses 28 and 29. I mean, it's all over the place, the unconditional election of God. Yet at the same time, the Bible has passages about the call for man, for us to repent and believe in the gospel. John 3, 16, whoever believes in him. So how would the Reformers, or how would you, Joel, explain that tension of unconditional election? The interesting thing, David, is that in the Bible, the tension is not there. It's just taken for granted that all who come into Jesus will in no wise be cast out, and yet no man will come unto me except the Father draw him. That's one verse in John 6. Someone put it this way, one old Puritan. He said, uh, it's like having a gate in front of you, and over the gate is written the words, all who come unto me I will in no wise cast out. The free offer of grace, responsibility of man is embedded, of course, in those words. And when a sinner, by the grace of God, actually walks through that gate and is born again and flees to Christ, repenting of his sins, and believes in Christ alone for salvation, he turns around and he looks at the other side of the gate, and the other side of the gate says, all that the Father hath given to me shall come to me. So that the saved sinner never, never, never thinks of saying, well, I I deserve a little credit. I'm saved because I did something that somebody else didn't do. So I I get a little credit for my salvation. Well, maybe God gets the most of it, but I get a little part of it. No, no. When you are saved, you look back and say, wow, this is God who did it, because I never, never would have chosen him if he had not chosen me. So it's not like God is some capricious robot in heaven saying, oh, you, I pick. You, I don't. No, he works it all out in time. And you see, this is critical for us, because... Man is depraved. Romans 3 is reality. This is who we are. So if our salvation depends upon us, well, we're all lost forever. So salvation is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God who showeth mercy. So God alone can save us. We're too depraved of a sinner to ever choose God. We would, we would only worship ourselves. We're self-centered. This is our depravity. So election is not an obstacle for a sinner. Election is a friend of sinners. If there were no election, no one would ever be saved. That's the point the Reformers and Puritans make. But God is in the business of saving sinners. He saves a multitude no man can number. His proneness is to choose, to elect, to select, to rejoice in those whom he saves, he gets supreme glory from saving sinners. And so sinners are invited to come to him just as they are. But yes, the Bible says that no one seeks after God. No one will come to him in their own strength. Now, we do come by faith. We do come by repentance. But even those things 
if they are called conditions of salvation, they are the gift of God. God's grace working in us, Ephesians 2 says. So all of these texts on God's sovereignty and man's responsibility in the Bible, even though we can't fully fathom the relationship, but they come together naturally in the scriptures without tension so that God gets all the glory for salvation. And we are grateful recipients and praise him for 100% of our salvation. And that in turn gives us the assurance because everything that is salvific comes unto us from God. We may have assurance in God's character, in God's promises, in God's covenant, in God's faithfulness, in God's immutability that whom he saves, he truly saves all the way to the end. As soon as you put a human equation into our salvation and say man gets the credit for believing and God just foresaw which people would believe and which people would not believe, you see, then salvation depends a bit on man. And as soon as it depends upon man, well, why can't you lose it? Well, of course you can lose it. So there's no assurance. And because we are depraved, that makes the lack of assurance all the more serious because well, maybe tomorrow morning I'll wake up and, I, and I, I'll just feel distant from God. And, well, am I really saved? So the Reformed faith, grounded in God's fatherly, sovereign choice and his drawing us through the means of the gospel to himself, it's just reassuring on every side. And so we rest in this wonderful electing God who chooses us to life eternal. So no one will ever go to hell because God so-called didn't elect him. We go to hell because we've rejected God and we've pushed him away with all his offers of grace to us all our life long. And no one will ever go to heaven because he deserves to be there, but because God wonderfully chose and drew him. So all the credit for being saved goes to God, and all the blame for being lost goes to us. This has been a short take from the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and connect with this nonprofit radio ministry, go to thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.